Hi, I'm Andrew Bush. And I'm Caden O'Neill. And this is Film Reel, where we talk everything movies and much more. So I think today the first thing we got to talk about is Marvel's newest casting announcement in the upcoming film Thunderbolts, casting Walking Dead's and notes Steven Yeun in an undisclosed role. Uh, many people already have some theories who he could be playing. We have some of our own. So do you want to get into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of thought that the the villain for this movie would be either Sentry or Hyperion or, or some sort of character like that. I remember rumblings of of Henry Cavill being involved and being a candidate for for playing one of those roles. But if if Steven is is stepping in to fill that role, I think that would be just a knockout for the movie. It's already looking to be super interesting in my opinion with with harrison ford as thunderbolt ross yeah um especially with him taking over that role i think it's gonna be interesting um especially since they said that um when he does appear he will no longer be secretary ross but he will be president ross um so i think that will also see him taking up a lot more power i think his character is definitely connected to julia ray dreyfus's vow that we've been seeing kind of popping up and interacting with a lot of the characters that are going to be in Thunderbolts. Um, because I feel like this movie is very much going to be its own thing, but it's definitely looking like Marvel's take almost on Suicide Squad, where we're taking a bunch of kind of wannabe heroes and villains, and they're being used by the government to complete some other task or whatever is going to be in the movie. Um, I think Steven Yeun will most likely playing Sentry because... Um, between him and Iperion, who are both great characters, I feel like Sentry, it would make more sense as a villain since Sentry um, and Iperion are both kind of portrayed as kind of like a anti-Superman kind of character. Um, and that would definitely be um, something for the Thunderbolts to go up against is these kind of ragtag, almost uh, no ones being led by Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes uh, to go against up a hero or a villain like that. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. Um with a lot of Marvel, they do sometimes take creative liberties where um, the origins of a character will be in the MCU. Um, but I think he'd be a very interesting uh, character if he was Sentry, um, much like Hyperion. I think Hyperion could probably show up in an Eternal sequel somewhere. But um, Ooh, call. definitely, I think, on uh, Sentry. Uh, do you have any more thoughts about the Thunderbolts movie? Yeah, I'm. I'm getting more and more excited for it. I... You know, we were all expecting the announcement, you know, past summer when we got all the news of the movie officially, because we knew they were kind of setting up for it. But I'm excited for for characters like Taskmaster and Ghost and and sort of US Agent. I really love US Agent in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but for those three to kind of get a new a new life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or to to see them expanded more because I feel like there's a lot of potential and I think the three of them have a very very interesting dynamic um and are, are kind of unique characters compared to like a bucky barnes or a um florence pugh's character. yeah and um i do think it's interesting because the lineup is going to be um ghost um yelena uh u.s agent taskmaster and red guardian who's also from black yeah. uh well and i think it'll be interesting because i feel like there's going to be some clashes between red guardian and u.s agent given that they both kind of see themselves as like this newer captain america type thing or uh, as red guardian likes to really compare himself to captain america even though he's you know more of just a, a meathead and yeah. 
you know, really funny character, but not great. But I really do agree with you with Taskmaster and Ghost because Ghost, I thought that they approached really nicely in Ant-Man and the Wasp, and they really delved into her as being an interesting character. Um, will we see Lawrence Fishburne's character reappear in Thunderbolts? Maybe, given that he seemed to be the only sort of family that she had. Um, yeah. But I'm really interested in seeing what they do with Taskmaster, given that people kind of agree Taskmaster was underutilized in Black Widow and definitely had roots to be like the character that we know and love, but just did not get the love that that character deserved in Black Widow. But I think Black Widow had a lot of its own things going on. But um, I do think it's interesting. Um, I do expect Julie Reed Drivis's character to kind of be in it. I expect her to kind of operate as a Viola Davis, uh, Amanda Waller. Yeah, she'll be in charge. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I believe Bucky is in as the kind of the proto leader, given that he is someone who has spent time as a hero and a villain, respectively, and has dealt with trying to not just learn to trust himself as a hero, but to get people to trust him as something other than the Winter Soldier. Um, especially with this movie almost featuring none of the actual lineup of Thunderbolts from the comics. So I'm really interested to see where they go, because a lot of people expected Zemo to be in this movie as well. And I I am forgetting Falcon and Winter Soldier. Zemo is alive yes he's around yeah he's somewhere he's a i want to say he's arrested by the wakandans at the end because he thought bucky was going to kill ah. him and bucky turned him in to prove to zemo that he was more than just what hydra had made him and i think that was something got that it, zemo it, was really trying to enforce in bucky which was probably nothing more than the winter soldier and yeah i believe he got turned to the wakandans so I don't know. Okay. Maybe he'll be in an after scene or in a scene, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Zemo operate in some way in Thunderbolts, given that he is the most notable leader of the group in the comics. Um, whether he's Forza Zemo, or I believe he's had another identity he presumed when the original line was they were pretending to be heroes. But yeah, I, I do think it's an interesting movie. Um, there are rumors that the plot is going to revolve around the... Um, the newly formed giant head and hand from Eternals of Tiamat not emerging and then leaving this giant half-celestial body out. There are rumors that the plot will focus on them harvesting materials from these new, I guess, land masses that are there. I, yeah, we, we haven't seen anyone address the giant stone guy poking out of the earth from Eternals. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we haven't got a, a lot of resolution from the Eternals, but there there is a an Eternal sequel in the works that's happening, even though the first one wasn't well received. I think those characters were pretty strong, and I want to see them have another shot. And I think they serve an important role going forward in the MCU. Um, what few more things on on Thunderbolts? Mm -hmm. When I think of of this group going up against someone like Sentry. I just, <laughs> it's funny to think because they're all pretty much just strong, normal humans. Mm -hmm. And Sentry is so, so powerful. Yeah, he's essentially so I'm trying Superman. To think of, yeah, I'm trying to think of how they're going to do this. And, you know, I, I'm posing this question to you. Do you think we're going to get Red Hulk, Thunderbolt Ross, in the Thunderbolts? 
I think we're going to get him. I don't know if we're going to get him in the Thunderbolts because it really depends on how much involvement Harrison Ford has in Thunderbolts um, because he's also going to appear in Captain America New World Order. So we're going to be seeing him there as well. If Captain America is first, then I could see it leading in. But I could also see them taking their time to lead up to Red Hulk to really allow Harrison Ford to embody and establish himself as the new Thunderbolt Ross, given that the first few phases of the MCU, Thunderbolt Ross was played by the now past um, William Hurt. Um, so I do think we're going to see Red Hulk at some point, but to me, it's going to—it'd be weird to see him as Red Hulk in Thunderbolts without some sort of Hulk involvement. Given that the main reason he does what he does to himself to become the Red Hulk is because he's so tired of not being able to best. Bruce Banner's Hulk. So my hope is that maybe there'll be something in Thunderbolts that could lead or suggest to Red Hulk, but I'm not sure we're going to get him as Red Hulk because if you're going to put him in along with Sentry, how do this group that's newly come together going to take on both of those threats at the same time? When, like you said, they're, I mean, aside from Ghost, who may or may not have her powers. The thing is that her powers were cured in Ant-Man and the Wasp, so I'm not sure to what degree, she, like, how she's going to fit. Is she's going to have a suit that emulates her abilities? Will she have new abilities? Um, I would assume I would assume they've figured out some way to get her those same powers, whether it's through a suit. Like, I mean, through all the movies and, and even in this Ant-Man, the, the suit upgrades they've gotten have been crazy. And, like, we were used to iron man getting upgrades every time but even characters like like a falcon or an ant-man they're getting those little upgrades so i don't see a, yeah. re a reason why they couldn't figure something out for ghost oh yeah i think they will but i i just don't know if we're gonna get red hulk in the movie just because i think with sentry being if he is if steven Yeun will play this character he's gonna be such a massive threat on his own that trying to stick in something like red hulk i think is just gonna overcrowd it um but I, I would like to see Harrison Ford play Red Hulk. My hopes is Marvel will find a way to get the Hulk rights back from Universal. Um, because Universal holds the solo film rights to Hulk characters and Namor. Um, and yeah. they refuse to sell. No one's really sure as of why. They don't have any plans for it. They just don't want to sell these rights back. Um, so my hope is that we'll get the Hulk rights back make some sort of Hulk family movie that includes Banner and She-Hulk and now his introduced son and whatever else they want to do. And then they can have Red Hulk um, in that film as kind of this big threat for all of them to fight. Because I think a big part of Hulk is the constant inner battle with this balancing man yeah. and monster. And to face something that is almost completely a monster in transformation, it would be interesting for them. Yeah, and I, I've seen some reports that Thunderbolt Ross is supposed to show up in the Marvels uh, hmm. coming out later this year, Which um, that he's just going to kind of make an appearance. I don't think he's going to serve a, a major role by any means, but I think it's good to, to maybe reintroduce him during that. Mm. Um, so we have less catching up to do during the Thunderbolts. That's true. Um, I, I would just love to see, you know, you're in the Thunderbolts movie, you're watching it, then all of a sudden Harrison Ford goes, all right, enough is enough. I got to I gotta step in here. Turns into Red Hulk, claps up Sentry with the help of the Thunderbolts, <laughs> and then 
careful with that word goes back to (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. you know what i mean but (laughs) yeah thunderbolts is rated r not for the reasons you think (laughs) (laughs) not for reasons you think exactly um i i think that would be a treat so yeah um also uh i have some some kevin feige news uh kevin feige has i don't know if you saw they pushed back the release date of the marvels yes i did we're we're getting guardians of galaxy in may May. which i am so excited for yeah i I Um, got a feeling we're losing people that film i i sure hope people come back for that because the i love the the first guardians of galaxy is one of my favorite movies of all time yeah it it is the the marketing for it when it came out was so interesting because that they kind of portrayed it as this it was darker and you know less less joyful than the actual movie was mm. but then when it came out everyone's like this is silly this is hilarious this has got a lot of heart yeah um, and still had all that I kind of darkness that. that you wanted yeah yeah but uh they moved back the marvels because kevin feige was saying pretty much exactly what we've been talking about for a while and what fans have been wanting saying Look, we want to we want to make more movies. We want to take our time. We want to let this sink in because the burnout is slash was real. So we're only getting two shows this year. We're getting Secret Invasion and Loki season two. There's also rumors um, we could get Ironheart this year, but I think that's still up in the air. Yeah, I I saw something about the production either starting or wrapping or something about that i believe it's in post i honestly i honestly doubt we'll get it this year we Mm. might get it either very very late like a december or maybe a january time um if i had to guess yeah because that character was just introduced yeah and my guess is that they're not going to wait too long on the character because the character is still very fresh in people's minds from wakanda forever so my guess is they're going to want to re-jump the jump back into um, Ironheart, um, Riri Williams, and just kind of establish her more because I, I I think they don't they want to avoid the show coming out and people being like who and then be like oh the the Iron Man character from Wakanda Forever I think they really want to establish her as a very separate character than Iron Man um, and I I do agree that um, the re- the reason why they're they're delaying the Marvels is because of post production. Um, there was a different CEO uh, managing Disney um, at the time of fa- uh, when Phase Four was having its thing and in production, um, which does not mean creatively this guy was involved. But what Disney CEOs do control is the release windows, and they're in charge of telling Marvel you got to have this out by this time and this out by this time, and this guy's. Uh, focus was thinking we got to put out as much marvel content a year as we possibly can which is why we were having like three four movies a year and like four or five shows a year and even as a marvel fan um you know as avid marvel fans as we are it did feel a little bit overwhelming in the sense that it you didn't really have time to sit and absorb what they had given you before you had to go start the next series um and i 100%. think i think with things like she hulk they should have really spent more time on that um, because that show just, in my mind, is really Marvel's biggest blunder. Um, because it, it, nothing against the actresses. Um, I, um, I think Tony Ansley 
as She-Hulk. I think she does a great job, but you could not tell if that show half the time was promoting feminism or parroting feminism. It just, it didn't really center itself on what it wanted to be and left just a lot of open-ended things, even with nice things like the Daredevil episode and Wong and this new Madison friend that he has, which I, I really liked out of She-Hulk to kind of give the Sorcerer Supreme kind of this fun little side friend. And of course, the reintroduction of Daredevil was phenomenal, but I think She-Hulk itself actually, if they had spent time with it, they could have cut a lot of that out and condensed into a film, and I think it would have been a much stronger Marvel project. I totally agree. I think, it, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't my favorite. I don't think it was anyone's things favorite. That Marvel's put out. I thought there were. I thought there were a lot of fun moments. I thought the characters it introduced were fantastic. I just wanted more time to kind of settle and with those side characters because I thought there was a lot of richness there that they just blew past i love the the fourth wall the cheekiness the especially towards the the end of the show mm -hmm. um where we got all of that all those fourth wall breaks which that was, was great a, yeah. that was a fun little treat that was fun. i'm looking forward to more of that in deadpool 3 which yeah I, we have to be patient for it comes out in uh, two years i think i want to say it's i actually want to say it's like september november next year i want to say it's not super far off but the thing is, now we really don't know because Disney has reinstated uh, Bob Iger, the old CEO of CEO, uh, who oversaw phases one through three. And I believe he, ever since he's been introduced, they are slowing the roll with such things as delaying the Marvel. So we could see Deadpool and our projects delayed, but we will not. We now know that's going to be for the betterment of everything, especially with something like Deadpool three, where I think they understand they really cannot mess that up, especially with. Um, a return by Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, which no one saw coming um, because he had kind of made it clear that he was done after Logan and dealing with um, his uh, skin cancer condition. Um, but mm. but to see him come back as Wolverine for, I think, one last ride, it's going to be great. But we, we do, like you said, we do have to be patient on that one. So I have a, a running theory that a lot of the project's between Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars are going to take place in this exploded multiverse chaos battle world craziness battle world type area and uh, Kang Dynasty is currently set to come out May 2nd 2025 I think we could get a November Deadpool 3 after Kang Dynasty comes out mm. to just fully let them do what whatever they want and they're already gonna do whatever they want yeah but at least if they're making it a part of the mcu rather than just a fun side thing which i would love <laughs> yeah um yeah that would be a great time for it there's also supposed to be a sequel to shang chi that comes out before i think the movie before rumored, dynasty rumored to be called shang chi and the wreckage of time by the way love it love it I want it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what that means, I mean, my theory is that the rings are actually a weapon created by a Kang variant. Um, mainly because in Ant-Man and the Lost Quantum Mania, the rings surrounding the Citadel, if you kind of look at them in the sigils, look very similar. And with Marvel, things like that are never a coincidence. Marvel is very intentional with all its little details. 
A hundred percent. And I, I also think I was thinking about it. The Miss Marvel band, her little her bracelet looked very similar and she kind of traveled to the past. There was some sort of time element. Yeah. It, um, it's a question of whether that was time travel or possibly a connection to her great grandma because they both wore this uh the arm gauntlet band, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, who's who's to say? We don't know yet. <laughs> no, I'm no, sure more this will be is... revealed soon. Yeah, no. F- full disclosure: mo- most of this is us just kind of theorizing based on we we don't know anything for certain. Um, but I think right with Deadpool, we could be seeing a lot of Deadpool. I think knowing that Ryan Reynolds is part of the writing team for that movie, we could see Deadpool really exploring the multiverse because with the fourth wall breaking and there's definitely going to be i think nods and jokes to deadpool and x-men characters going from fox's control to disney's control um knowing ryan Reynolds and deadpool they're definitely going to have fun with the fact that this will also be marvel's first r-rated entry in the mcu um there's clearly been other r-rated marvel films including the first two deadpools and logan but with Kevin Feige saying we are going to let Deadpool 3 be R-rated, they're not going to dumb it down for another. They're, they're going to let it just be whatever it is. We could be seeing, um, we could be seeing Deadpool interacting with past X-Men characters. We could be seeing him messing with since it's a multiverse film, interacting with maybe other side Marvel characters, um, like the original Fantastic Four. I think it'd be hilarious if they had Chris Evans as a cameo as the Human Torch again. Um, and then just make some jokes there, but like like you said, with Deadpool, there's so much freedom he can have, but you do want it to be rooted and grounded into the MCU and really bringing him to the MCU rather than just having him be some sort of outside character making a bunch of commentary. A hundred percent. Yeah, and I think I <laughs> my initial hope when I saw that they were doing a Deadpool three in the MCU. That's maybe, you know, maybe tied to the MCU, maybe just a fun romp in that world now that they have all these new characters. Mm. I really am am hoping for some sort of like Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe thing. I doubt we're going to get that. I think it's more just going to be a, a multiverse romp riot movie with just yeah buddy cop, Deadpool and, my, and Wolverine. My guess but. is we could be seeing it being like a road trip film, kind of like the old um Bing Crosby, Bob Hope Road Two things. Um this could definitely be like Deadpool Road to the Multiverse. Where it's it could be him like going to the MCU but going through all these different multiverses and different Marvel projects and things. Because almost all these older Marvel projects like Fantastic Four, like Ben Affleck's Daredevil were actually all originally Kevin Feige's plan to start the um the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um because Kevin Feige actually was part of the production team on Ben Affleck's Daredevil, which was actually they were gonna try to start making characters from there. It just never worked out due to that movie just not being the best. Um but yeah I, I think you're right Deadpool it's definitely gonna be a romp. I think we're real they're really gonna get heavy into the buddy cop thing of Deadpool and Wolverine because one because I think we, as we know Deadpool loves annoying the hell out of Wolverine and Wolverine's biggest fear is that he's gonna have to spend the rest of eternity with Deadpool given that they're the only two people with healing factors um so we could see a lot of that um I think also because Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds I think I'd be really happy to do this movie together 
we're going to be seeing a lot of that. But with that movie, you really cannot know what that movie is going to be. You just can't. <laughs> I'm I'm here for it when it <laughs> when it we'll, happens. We'll be here and we'll definitely have an episode on it. Um, I do think we could see Deadpool kill the Marvel Universe, but in the form of a what if episode. That would be amazing. And um, we, have, we have no idea what's coming on What If Season 2. I'm pretty sure they released some some images. I don't know if that was for Marvel Zombies or What If. I believe that's going to um, be Marvel Zombies because they have released some okay. footage. of uh, Not footage, but some images of that. And it okay. showed some Phase 4 characters now in that scenario. And where to see they're going to go, especially with that. They're saying that's going to be a TVMA show. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with Marvel Zombies. Um, given that I the comic run is so... I hope it's so, a whole... Uh, you go. I hope it's a whole MCU Walking Dead thing. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that could happen. Because Marvel Zombies is, is huge in the comics. And I think generally zombie shows, a Walking Dead, a Last of Us type situation, do pretty well. They're pretty digestible <laughs> for uh, the common you know person. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of going off that, because uh, we were talking about the Shang-Chi and the Miss Marvel theories and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and, and the connections to Kang, it, it's like, you know, we're, we're in this time now where we're almost at this new beginning of the MCU, where imagine, you know, it's Iron Man 2, it's the first Avengers, and you're looking for these hints of what's bigger and what's next, and they're mm-hmm. there, but never explained until later all the infinity stones were around and then we found out their infinity stones yeah um that's what we're looking for now and i'm i'm excited for if there's stuff from eternals that ties to kang like obviously i we think shang chi miss marvel are gonna have connections as well as um a lot of upcoming projects but i think this could segue into ant-man um and yeah one of my my main problems with it is it was very on the nose with this is Kang. This is what you're going to be looking for. And then spoilers by to the end of the movie, he went away. Right. Yeah. Now stuck. It just felt like this massive two hour setup for what's coming. And yeah. I will be the first person to tell you I am so excited for phases five and six. I want to oh. see Jonathan Majors in everything. I think he's <laughs> fantastic. Mm-hmm. I want his influence to be seen everywhere. I want like the Thanos multiverse to start just infecting everything. But I just felt like the only thing that happened for the most part from the beginning to the end of Ant-Man uh, Quantumania is just now we know who Kang is. That was all that changed the, yeah. in the movie. Yeah, I would say that in terms of Ant-Man's character development, he was kind of the same guy. I think he's a little less I think that bit of ego that we have from him like doing the book tour and stuff is rubbed off a bit because I think a big part of it was like you know, being a hero isn't all this fame and glory, but I think a big part of why Kang is set up, like you said, the way he is, where it's kind of like a setup of here's the character and here's where it's going to go, is because Marvel, I think with Disney+, Plus, understands that they want to connect the movies and the TV shows together. 
but they have to have i think some sort of way to share these characters that might have been set up in other shows like how kang was set up with he who remains at the end of loki um and very similar explanations where you know if i'm gone the multiverse is going to open and all these me are going to come and yada yada um but i think the way they done kang this was because they had to assume that not everyone had seen loki so they had to introduce this character in a way that everyone could understand the gravity of who he is and what is to come with his many variants if you hadn't seen loki um i think they 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 did kang in a way that you could understand the gravity of his character and the fact that there is um spoiler alert by the act one of the first after scenes um which is one of right now one of my favorite after scenes in marvel the showing that there is this infinite number of kangs and that every single one could be even more dangerous than the last so the fact that um you know, I think it's interesting that this Kang was also the exiled one that this council, uh, the Kang Council had talked about was that he was the one thrown out into the quantum realm because he was deemed so dangerous. Um, but I, I do agree it was, it was a huge kind of build up for Kang. And I think that was the big thing is they wanted to have a way to set up Kang as the new big bad, clearly for the arc of phases five and six, without... Um, just do yeah, I, I don't know uh because i i think what i liked about him a lot was that he was almost very darth vader like um even with the sense that people did not refer to him by name until he was on screen in the movie um after the flashbacks from the beginning it was always just he wants to see you the conqueror is after you no one had referred to him as kang because that's how much fear he had spread into people um, and I think to me, he's very Darth Vader-like, where he just walks into a room and everyone kind of tenses up. He's got way more going on. Um, and especially, I, I saw a counter-argument to this, that Kang is in the quantum realm, and he may not have access to all of his technology, or maybe, you know, limited by, by the space, and he's outside of time. And all of that and his connections to the other Kangs. So I think we will see a much more powerful, just unstoppable version of Kang. And I'd love to see, because I know Kang in the comics, he mm -hmm. is a conqueror. He's gone to all these different timelines and he's kind of collected these these pieces of, of things that he likes from different timelines. I want to see... Yeah, I want to see him use what's advantage to him, yeah. people or things from other timelines go you know go evil thor right fight normal thor whatever just crazy stuff like that that only he could mm. do and and while we're gonna have this multiverse saga before it i assume it closes and we'll get some sort of very new looking phase seven eight or you know total reboot i don't think we're gonna total reboot but my 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 I, 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 I don't know. My, my guess is Marvel's going to go to like phase 10 and then call it because eventually this is going yeah, to have to happen. I agree. End, right? <laughs> just like, just like the. It's just like phase 25. Oh God. Okay. Every however many years I think we'll get that, but probably not for, if I had to guess 10 years, at least, at least five to seven. We're still rocking with this group still need a, a young avengers we still need a a whole lot more explanation into maybe the rest of the the cosmic yeah. stuff 
got the smaller projects like mm-hmm. Blade. Um, um, who was technically in Eternals. Yeah. Um, at the very end when... Yeah, that voice. Are you yeah. sure you want to do that when he when um, what the hell? Uh, the character's name is Jean Black Knight. Yeah, I was trying to Black think of his character name. I uh, picked that sword. They're saying yeah. yeah, that voice is Mahershala Ali. Um, and I'm like, okay, I, I think that's interesting. I think um because yeah, I I think yeah, there's a lot of it. And just to touch on that Kang thing, I think why I mean to talk about how he got soloed by Ant Man and these ants is I think if you have to look at it is. This is not Kang at his physically best, but also not his mentally best because he has been trapped down there for years. I mean, years um, and like at least 30 years. And yeah, they go into how he made it his empire, he made his prison, his kingdom, yada, yada. What you have to notice is as the movie goes on, he becomes more and more full of it, it, it's a subject degree where he becomes more and more desperate and focused on getting out more than anything and i think that's one of the reasons why he was taken down by super intelligence and ant-man is because he is so focused on getting out that it's clouding his judgment he's not and i don't think he ever took ant-man seriously as a threat and usually a lot of these stories when the hero is underestimated that's when the villain makes their mistake but even in the final fight um where he is just beating the hell out of scott lang um i loved that just just <laughs> just beating the shit out of this guy um like thanos did the hulk but if you look at it his focus in that scene is not to beat ant-man it's to just get him on the ground long enough so he can run through the portal and get out and that's where his thought process is this whole movie is just getting out and since that's he's all he's focused on all these other little things are slipping through his fingers because he's not focused he's not as calm he's not as controlling as he as we as he's been described you know because i think when he's out of the quantum realm he was always winning he was always conquering multiverse destroying timelines he's at his physically best his mentally best because he's not you know because he, he doesn't like to lose he hates the idea of losing and i think that's a very center part of him as well which is also why i think things like ant-man they're able to take him out because he just he wasn't focused. He was so focused on getting out, he couldn't see the threat right in front of him until it was, um, you know, until until he was beaten. Um, but, you know, I, I think, like you said, that given that this is just the first time really seeing Kang as a villain, and then there's the after scene with Immortus and Ramatud and Scarlet Centurion and God knows what else was in that giant amphitheater of Kang's. Um, I think we yeah. saw a scroll Kang, if I'm not mistaken, at the very end. There's, there's a, yeah, there's that monster looking one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited yep. for Ramatut because I would like to see him in either an Eternals movie or in a Fantastic Four film. Because I think Ramatut is one of the most interesting variants of Kang. He's a Kang that went back to ancient Egypt and like the quantum realm uses superior intellect and technology to rule over it. Um, and I think there's some really interesting stuff you can do there. And I think they're clearly setting up that those three Kangs were kind of the head of this council. Because we saw just, there there was like thousands of them. And it's that after scene establishes alone, not just how massively screwed the Avengers are, but <laughs> that this is the giant threat of the next thing. It's not just one Kang. He could show up anywhere at any time with any name you know 
who knows when he's going to show up next. I mean, clearly, I think he's going to show up next in Loki season two by the other after scene. But you don't know if he's going to be an Eternal sequel. If he's going to be a Shang-Chi sequel. If he's going to be in the Marvels. Is he going to be in Thunderbolts? I highly doubt that. Will we see him in What If? Um, will, you know, because cause he's cause he is this multiversal nexus being. I think I think he's just going to pop up in a bunch of end credit scenes <laughs> all the time. <laughs> until we get to, to right before Kang Dynasty. Um, yeah. Same thing in the in the second post credit scene we got. Got to see Victor Timely, mm-hmm. who was similar to Ramatut. Ramatut went back and and was the Pharaoh. Victor Timely went and in the comics, I believe, kind of founded his own little town. Yes, and, uh, called Timely, you know, Wisconsin. Um, in the comics, yeah. he is also he is one of he in most comics he is Kang Prime, which is the first Kang that discovered the multiverse and started using identities and in the comics he escapes takes on the the identity of victor timely and starts up in that area as a way of hiding i don't know if that's going to be how they're going to do it in loki marvel like i said takes some liberties with character origins um but who knows my my guess is that victor timely will be some sort of einstein edison tesla figure um who is focused on i think his own legacy and brilliance and may inadvertently become some sort of evil version of Kang, or might not be an evil version at all. Um, because... I, I um, think that's the origin we'll get. Yeah, and... Just the this, this straight-up comics one, that he is Kang Prime. Because I saw an interesting Easter egg um, in in Loki's... Uh, the season finale for the first season, mm. when He Who Remains is talking about his whole story and... How he was, you know, his variants and such were sharing ideas. We saw in the little, you know, kind of those gray little statues figures that he was shown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We see one of them had this this mustache and this hair Mm. that looked a whole lot like Victor Timely. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was neat because that's you know an Easter egg two years in the making. Mm -hmm. Even the smallest little detail, I love that. Um, Speaking of he who remains mm. i had a theory slash do slash i have no idea how valid this is <laughs> that <laughs> that's why i want to bring it up that this <laughs> king we we saw in quantumania would have gone on to be he who remains because he was the one saying in in quantumania going look you gotta let me out because everyone else is worse and like i gotta get out and i beat them and conquer them because mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what he who remains said he was like i'm the last one i just i killed all those multiverses so all of that destruction to happen yeah and i feel yeah. like they could be the same i i saw somewhere that they are different or something i think though by ant-man you know beating beating this kang which maybe would have become he who remains this opens up that whole loop again of mm. all right the kangs are still around yeah gotta do a gotta do a whole secret wars kang dynasty situation yeah to stop them yeah i i think 
I like that. I do think can, this Can the Conqueror is different than Hero Mains, but I think they're similar in the fact that what's interesting is that they both have the same end goal, which is the multiverse is a problem. There needs to be a single timeline, and all these versions of me are the big problem. But I, he who remains wanted to preserve everything, I think, because he wanted to stop the whole universe and every reality from collapsing in on itself. Whereas Kang the Conqueror, he just wants the multiverse all for himself. He he, he, he believes he has the right to conquer mm. it all because he's the only person who could. So I think it's interesting how they both have the same end idea, which is there needs to be a single timeline and just one of me, but for very different reasons. Whereas this Kang just doesn't like losing he wants everything for himself he thinks he should be the only one in charge of everything my theory is because of the end of loki season one like we talked about when he goes back after he's kicked out of the citadel by sylvie um and he meets this mobius that does not recognize him at all um it ends on this giant statue of a king and my theory is that that could be a young he who remains because he who remains had also said that he had started the tva that he, that he basically, if you watch it, basically clarifies that he who remains clarifies that he is Kang Prime. He is the first Kang to discover the multiverse. And my guess is that this could be, that statue Kang could be this Kang that is him who discovered the multiverse, had started the TVA, and is on track to become he who remains. But for all we know, Secret Wars could end with all the multiverses being wrapped up and then some version of Kang or somebody being placed in charge of the TVA and everything goes back to the way it was because he who remains had said, doesn't matter to me what you do, kill me or live. If you kill me, the multiversal war starts again and I wind up back here anyway, which would imply that somewhere out there, there is a younger version of he who remains that has yet to come into his full self. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think we're going to see maybe the differences between the he who remains type and then the, all the other Kangs, which I'm sure we'll get a whole bunch of, of looks at. Um, I going into going into this movie after watching the first trailer, I thought Scott was a goner. I thought he was going to sacrifice himself. He was going to go bye-bye. <laughs> and I didn't think that was going to happen because okay. the trailer implied it so much. True. I, I should have known, but it just seemed like he could have I died. thought I thought it would have fit the story pretty well to to have him sacrifice himself. Or at least after they defeated Kang, I maybe thought that he and Janet or not Janet, Hope would have been stuck Trapped. in the you know, in the quantum realm. However, mm. I see why they didn't do that. Because at the end of Ant Man two he got stuck in the quantum realm and yeah, only they, to be only, brought out later to do that twice in a row. Would, I think be, you know, a little too much. Yeah. Cause what I thought was going to happen, I was kind of, I was on the similar idea path, which is he wasn't going to die, but it was going to end with everyone getting out, you know, Cassie, Hank, Janet, Hope. And then the whole, we both just have to lose. And he was going to blow up the thing and trap him and Kang in the quantum realm. Yeah. And then he was going to become Kang's prisoner. Um, and then that's when Cassie and others would have tried to find the Avengers and be like, Hey, there's this guy we met. There might be an infinite number of him coming. He's fucking terrifying. Um, and he has Scott. 
um, you know, I, that's what I thought was going to happen was that Scott was end up going to being like he was going to become Kang's prisoner. Speaking of Kang's prisoners, that's what I think happened to Wanda. End of Multiverse Madness. Mm. I don't think she died. I think she went somewhere or she was taken by Kang because right now. Her and Kang are the only Nexus beings in the MCU. And Kang is very smart. He is smart enough to have everything he needs under his control. He does not let... He doesn't allow gaps. Um, so I don't know if that's what happened. But this is... Well, I'm not sure this is intentional, but I've seen the video. If you watch the finale of WandaVision and the finale of Loki, that the same time... This is the same runtime in the episodes... When Kang has that moment where there's thunder and he goes, and he has that moment where he realizes he's past the point of knowing what's going to happen next, that same runtime in WandaVision is the same moment she absorbs all of that power and becomes the Scarlet Witch. But at the exact same runtime in the episodes. And when he picks up that pen and drops it, you see Agatha hit the floor. And That's... the multiverse starts opening. And I'm thinking, well, it's because Wanda, like him, is one of the few characters that can actually alter timelines in reality. And so far, the only other multiverse thing we've had outside of Kang has been Wanda. True. But I, you can look up the video. It awesome. is. It is. Okay. It I'm going to go check that out. After this. It's scary. But I'm like, that is not a coincidence. <laughs> that is not a coincidence. And I thought was, you know, who, who knows? The thing is with Marvel, you never know when a small detail is going to become important. I mean, in, in Ant-Man 1, the Quantum Realm was a death sentence. It was, you shrunk, you shrunk forever, and that was it. You're gone, dead, died. Mm -hmm. Then he came back. Kind of suggested, oh, you can go down there, but come back. But you could, you, it's still, a, you know, it's an empty void. And then the second one, oh, okay, Janet survived. And I've seen it myself as they're leaving Hank and Jan are leaving the quantum realm and Ant-Man and the Wasp. You actually very, very brief second see a bubble with a city in it. Love that. And I was, and they said, yes, that was a clear setup for this film. I don't think when they made Ant-Man one, they had Kang in mind. Probably not. But with Marvel, nothing is finite. Um, except speaking of, I'm going to adjust this because I'm tired of hearing this on the internet. Robert Downey Jr. is not coming back as Iron Man in any way, shape, or form. They It got so bad that Marvel Bros. have said it is completely off the table. Iron Man is not coming back. This is not Robert Downey Jr. And I'm okay with that. I think any return that he could have would somewhat diminish his sacrifice in Endgame. Um, but that's just me. But there is like, oh, he'll be back in Secret Wars. He'll be back in Kang Dynasty. He'll be back in this and back in that. And they said he will not be coming back. And I think that that's fine, in my opinion. I agree. I think there's more of a possibility that we'd see like a Chris Evans Captain America. Like, mm. I, I also sincerely doubt that. But I agree. Iron Man. I don't think Iron Man's coming back. I don't think they would tarnish that. And I sure hope they don't. <laughs> Yeah, no, if you want to have Tom Cruise as superior Iron Man, like they had rumored would happen in Multiverse Madness, I'd be down for that. I'd be down because it's Tony Stark, but it's a new actor and it's a different character. But I think, yeah, if Robert Downey Jr. was to come back, if they were to resurrect him, 
as a character, it would diminish the return. If they did some time travel thing again, eh, maybe. I don't think it's needed, but that's not as bad as resurrecting a guy who was killed by the Infinity Stones. Um, but I, I just don't think they need that. I, I think that's part of these people who just can't get past there's all this new stuff past endgame um and they just want to return to that part of marvel but we're just not marvel is always about moving forward and doing other things um but yeah no i i think kang dynasty we were, we were seeing the avengers take on multiple kangs i think we're going to see avengers like infinity war divided into smaller groups and each fighting their own version of Kang, and maybe not knowing that there are other versions of Kang that are also being fought, and they all think they're fighting this one version of him. Yeah, or I'd, something I'd like that. I'm not sure. I'd love the opening of Kang Dynasty to be a completely alternate universe Avengers. We see them fighting a version of Kang and just get clapped, just get and just their get asses slaughtered. Handed. Yeah, yes, and to be like, what? <laughs> just but they but oh, yeah no. but they need to play it they need to play it like you don't know it's in another universe just make it look like um like like um multiverse madness is opening yeah you didn't know that was an alternate strange until he got a spear ram through him yeah i'd love to see that and yeah mm -hmm. on on wanda because you mentioned multiverse of madness th there's a rule that i've heard and it's no body no corpse that means if you do not mm. see their dead body they are not dead <laughs> that is my point i've been saying they... that to my dad and friends did you see a body <laughs> did you see a body no you saw nope. a of redness you, saw, you, you saw don't know what that is someone go off a cliff you saw someone fall under some rubble they're not mm -hmm. dead. They're not they're dead. Not, they, literally, <laughs> they literally threw Wong off a cliff, went away for 10 minutes, came back, and he was fine. Though, there were concept art of they actually were considering killing Wong in that movie, and it would have been by the top part of his head exploding. That's crazy. Not even making... Yeah. Um, I, I, saw that, also... I saw that 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 um, that leak that concept Wong art. was originally going to die at some point in Multiverse of Madness, but I'm glad I he did I love Wong. I my guess is I love Wong. I think everyone loves Wong. He 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 is so far he's the most reoccurring character in Phase Four. He was everywhere, um, but I do think he is destined to die, mainly because Stephen Strange needs to become Sorcerer Supreme again. Yeah, and that cannot happen if Wong is Sorcerer Supreme. I don't know if you're able to pass off the mantle or if it is by a life-to-life -life basis that as long as wong's breathing he is sorcerer supreme he got it because strange was technically dead for five years um as they explained in no way home but my 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 theory is that in doctor strange 3 or in um kang dynasty we could see wong bite the dust because i don't also because I don't think they built they have him in all these cameos and really build him up as this likable, lovable character. Unless you plan on putting a knife in the heart that you're building here. I know, I know it's gonna happen. I hope he just his spirit goes away into some sort of astral force dimension. <laughs> yeah, I would I would love that. I'd be a big fan of that, because I just love him so much, but no, I agree. Yeah. He's probably He's probably going to go doomed. away at some point. 
or at least step yeah. down as Sorcerer Supreme and take a major mm -hmm. backseat. But right now, yeah, he's he's in the driver's seat. He's figuring all this stuff out. Yeah, um, and I love it. I, I like saying I would love a Doctor Strange three if uh, is it Madison from She Hulk? Yeah, would appear because She Hulk was a whole mess of things and we could do a whole podcast on the ups and downs of that show but i really i thought she was fun because at the beginning of the episode you thought she was just some annoying drunk girl and by the end of it you're like wong has a best friend it's you know it was it was really fun i would love to actually see her cameo in some way in doctor strange 3 and maybe have an interaction between her wong and doctor strange because i think it'd be funny is if strange kind of pokes fun at wong for having her as a best friend or something throughout the movie especially since she calls him wongers and i think it'd be really funny if strange heard him call that her heard him being called that and that could be kind of like a running joke yeah. uh throughout the movie i could um, i could see that interaction now of benedict cumberbatch calling him wongers yeah and she's <laughs> like hi wongers and he's like wongers yeah. i don't know her i <laughs> do <laughs> 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 you know, you know, just because I, I, I love Wong's, I love his character. What's funny is that Benedict Wong, that's the actor's name, yeah. sounds nothing like the character in real life. It's, it's a complete characterization of his voice. That deep gruffness, he does not have that in real life, which was a huge mind fuck to me. But that was just because <laughs> at the time I really didn't know him as an actor outside of that film. Um, but. I um I actually my father mentioned this to me because I had to start to think how are the Avengers as mighty as they are going to take on an entire multiverse of Kangs how how are they going to defeat him and my dad actually said this to me and I, I it's crazy because it's so obviously simple that I never thought of it which is that the Kang Council is going to crumble from the inside they're all going to start turning on each other over the course of the movies yeah that they're gonna come at the avengers as a whole unit and as they start to get hurt or tanks start dying or whatever they're gonna turn on each other and the whole thing their whole council will crumble from the inside because at the end of the day i think a lot of the kangs want to be the one on top yeah and i think we might also see some sort of team up between the avengers and the he who remains kang be like okay listen i'm actually with mm. you guys let's take down everyone else this is wild you know <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah or we could also be seeing kang q u e n g which is a very tony star kang pym kind of kang yeah yeah i totally yeah. agree um mm, yeah back to because i don't know how go yeah you it, go, go no you go you go you go okay you go. i was just gonna say we're talking about villains we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I want to talk about the best villain of all time. The Modoc. greatest Avenger ever. <laughs> the, greatest, the greatest Avenger of our generation. He died <laughs> a hero. Rest in power, Modoc. I'm telling you, man, the world lost an Avenger, but Scott lost a brother. You know? <laughs> truly. Truly. No, I... Uh, we, we yeah, you knew, go. I'm, I'm gonna let you kick this off. We, we knew Modoc was gonna be in this movie. I thought this was the best way you could introduce Modok. How else mm. are you going to justify in the normal world that this weird ass looking 
head <laughs> with a baby this, appendages. This fucking walking, this floating Funko Pop looking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. That, how, you know, how are you going to justify that in the MCU? I guess you could justify it being like, they were messing around with pim particles and this happened. I mean, that's what we got here, but <laughs> like, damn, sense. bro, it looks like you took steroids, you know? <laughs> yes, in a, in, a, in a weirder way. But I thought the characterization was so perfect because like i went to mm. go see this and and my girlfriend was like who's modok and i was like i'll show you after but he's just he's a big head and he's just he's crazy he's, <laughs> he's yeah, got he's, all these weapons he's crazy he's evil he's vain um he's ugly yeah, like as hell. They, they nailed him <laughs> yeah so i <laughs> i thought this was perfect because you could feel the energy of just him going, look at all my weapons and <laughs> I'm just going to blow There is only Modoc, you know? Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's so perfect. It was so perfect and I loved it and say whatever you want about the CG. It was either that or you made him like actually uglier. So it was either do you want him ugly and realistic or do you want this uncanny valley silly type Modoc? And yeah, um, I thought, I thought yeah. we got that, and that's totally fine. Mm. No, I I think that for years I've wondered if they were going to bring Modok to the MCU and how they were going to do Modok because, um, well, uh, to me before this, the best interpretation of Modok was in the Square Enix Avengers game. Square Enix, right? Pronounce that. Mm -hmm. The Avengers game Modok I thought was a really really interesting take on the character. Where you kept the George Tarleton Terra Genesis origin, but they did they they really made him scary and gave him this very creepy design, um, while still keeping the giant head. Um, I don't know if you played the games, but I thought the Modok in that game was really good. But I thought whether this movie was great. Yeah, I I had theorized I think as many many others have that Corey Stoll was going to come back to play the character, um, because I had kind of theorized oh. When I kind of heard how he might be Modok, and then I rewatched the first Ant Man, how he dies, I was like, "Oh, he's a hundred percent gonna be Modok." Um, and because people complain about the design, and to me, I, I, to me, it's he is proof that there will there will always be fans that are never satisfied, no matter how accurate or inaccurate a character is. Because to me, there were only a couple inaccuracies with Modok, which was he didn't have hair. And he wasn't George Tarleton. Um, he was Darren Cross. And I, yeah. I know, and I think you're right. They did him the best way they could, and it was great because everyone's like, "Oh, he was a joke." He was funny at the at, when he was about to die, you know. But yeah. his first scene, the first scene is him coming into this camp and slaughtering dozens, <laughs> blowing up ships, shooting people, using plasma saws. He was just. He was slaughtering people, like, the first scene he's in. And it was from his perspective, which I thought was great. But they acknowledge how goofy he looks. And yes, it's a giant CGI face. How else are you supposed to do it? That's Modok. <laughs> that's the character. You know, that's... <laughs> yeah, he looks exactly like he's supposed to. And I think the only other way you could have done this, but they can't, because if you really want to look at... Because everyone's saying, oh, Ant-Man did Modok dirty. They Peyton, Rita Marvel did him dirty. no. And Iron Man 3 did Modoc dirty because they wasted aim in that movie. Yeah, 
I agree. They had they they had not wasted that. You could have had AIM maybe start up as a rival to Pintech. And maybe through, like you said, maybe Darren Cross's character or even George Trout messing with pin particles, that's how that happened. Now, how they did it in this, like I said, it was great. I thought, I thought the design was great. I thought the armored face was great. I thought how um, I liked how he made, like the fact that Kang even threw him to the side of the room I was really that. interesting. Um, I like how he still has that rage and kind of craziness that Darren Cross inherited through the yellow jacket outfit. Um, you know, because I'm saying, like, I, I, I think there was so much they did well. I think I was surprised because my worry was that he was going to be the butt of the joke the whole movie. That was my fear. He was the butt and of a lot wasn't. of jokes, but no, he, he served a, a great purpose. And I loved kind of the 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 conclusion, the the resolution of him and cassie because right cassie had been dealing with you know someone the trauma of him blowing up her bedroom. kill me at six years old and you know dealing with that <laughs> i thought that was handled perfectly and she went look i it's you're different now just you've changed it's time to change for the good again and just you know mm. <laughs> i thought that was great yeah, um, I think, yeah, I think the fact that they stress that, because to me, between him, Janet, and Kang, they all kind of became these people they weren't up there, really stresses what the quantum realm does to people. It kind of throws them into this desperation, and they kind of become these versions of themselves that they wouldn't normally be, but it's who they need to be to survive. Modok, kind of what he was, because, and if at all, he, like many other people, lived in fear of Kang. That if he did not do Kang's bidding, if he wasn't Kang's ultimate weapon, Kang would have just killed him. And the thing, you saw what happens when Kang shoots people with his lasers. There's no blood, there's no ash, there's no carnage. They're just gone. Yep. You know, gone. N nothing to bury, nothing to pick up, nothing. Gone. At least Thanos left ash, you know? Yeah. It, it, but, <laughs> you know, but I, you know, and I think the fact that at the end it was like, it really stressed that, yeah, he wasn't able to take us because... He had been horribly disfigured, and then his only savior was this crazy, evil, multiversal, conquering madman. He didn't know what else to be, you know? And that's what he kind of stresses, tell me what to be, because he didn't know what else to be besides Modoc. That was the only purpose he was given after being sent down here. Um, and yeah, he, he was the joke of a lot, like you say, he was above a lot of jokes. But the character wasn't a joke, is what I'm trying to stress, is that yeah, he himself 100%. was not a joke character. He definitely had some threat, some seriousness, some depth. And my only problem was that they killed him. That was my only problem with MODOK, is that they killed him. Yeah, Whether was... or not we'll see a variant of him, um, we could see MODOK with the C. There is a version of MODOK that is mechanical organism designed only for computing. Could we see a multiversal MODOK variant? 100 freaking percent. Um, could we never see Modok again? Also 100%. He's a very odd character. Like I said, though, with, without AIM being what he is in the comics, I don't know what else they could do with Modok, though. I just wish they had left him alive to maybe help rebuild the Quantum Realm or whatever, but who knows? Yeah, I was listening to a review of, of Ant-Man, and they were like, I, I would have loved to see Modok escape the Quantum Realm and just become a mercenary, you know, become a gun for hire and just still be goofy and 
around just <laughs> doing whatever. Uh, yeah. But now I th- I thought the arc of this movie and and in total with with Darren Cross was I thought it fits. And as much as we would love to see Modok, there's a lot of stories that are we're gonna see and deserve yeah that as well. And- and there's also things like what if, so we could definitely see maybe him in a what if episode um, as well. But yeah, like I said, the arc, the arc was for him and Darren Cross, it was, yeah, uh, he wanted to create the ultimate weapon, then he became the ultimate weapon and, you know, died not a dick, uh, as uh, he as he so famously yells before he died an shield. Avenger. He died. He died an Avenger. Yeah, he did. <laughs> See, that's why I wish he like it would have been funny if he was like thought he died, and as they're walking away, he's like, "I, th- I think I'm gonna make it," you know. Um, and that would have been funny as hell if he had somehow gotten out with the rest of them, and then an actor scene could have been like Scott talking to Falcon as now Captain America, mm-hmm. um, and and Martian is like, "You're telling me you made him an Avenger? I thought <laughs> he was gonna die. I felt bad." And there's just Modok in the back <laughs> waving and shit. <laughs> Yeah. But you could see it. And it was funny that I I I think a really criminally underrated line in the movie was that um they're like they're like, Well you we can't go off with you and go off to an airport to fight Captain America. And he's like, I went off to an airport to fight with Captain America. I would never fight Captain America. What am I crazy? Yeah. And technically he has fought Captain America. If you're considering the Falcon fight in the first movie. He yeah. technically has fought Captain America. He fought <laughs> he fought the Sam Wilson who became Captain America. Yeah, not yeah. The, the Steve Rogers, but yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, no, I was not Steve Rogers, but yeah, no, just Qu- Quantum Mania, I think, is a film that is gonna be a film that people are gonna debate for a while. Um, because I think, like, things like Multiverse of Madness and our films, I think a lot of people put more expectation on the movie than the movie could have provided. Um, and then there's people who hate it, there's people who think it's just okay, and then. Yeah, I know. To me, I don't think it's Marvel's best film, but I think it's a really strong start to Phase Five, um, in terms of wrapping up this whole Quantum Realm storyline that the Ant Man films have drawn out, as well as introducing not just Kang the Conqueror, but the Kang Council is like, this is what's coming. Yeah, the this has has gotten on my nerves. The amount of articles I've seen that are i you know i'm a lifetime marvel fan and i watched ant-man and i'm out i'm done i'm like now now you're getting out like this is the the spark that's gonna light this whole fire of phase five and six like now you're out not eternals not you know black widow like really or she hulk yeah like or she hulk like, where you're bowing out yeah <laughs> on so you know i i also just don't like when people say that like because all you're all you're saying to other people is look if you if you like this or you like where this is headed you you suck and it's like come on yeah um yeah i, I think the the staying power of this movie is going to be that last last scene of, of Ant-Man walking down the street and going, life is great. But wait, didn't he say that everything would get worse if he didn't get out? Didn't he say that the whole multiverse was going to go yeah, did insane? Did I just kill everyone? <laughs> did I just kill everyone? Did I ruin everything? Well, 
I don't know. We'll see. Like, that is, that was the purpose of this movie, is that last line, whatever yeah, he says. Yeah, the strengthening uncertainty of what's coming. Yeah, and I think that's going to develop, I, I think, highlights of this movie thought the relationship between uh, Scott and Cassie was fantastic. Didn't get a lot of hope in this movie, but that's Yeah, whatever. to me that was probably the weakest part of the film was that hope pretty much took a backseat to the film. But I understand given that a huge focus of Ant-Man and the Wasp was their relationship and then they wanted to focus on Scott trying to make up for being gone for five years from his daughter. So I understand why hope took a backseat. But I do think that was the weak point of the film, was that it was called Ant-Man and the Wasp, but really Ant-Man and Cassie, you know? Yeah. I saw a leak somewhere that Hope was originally going to have a son in this movie. Mm. Um, she did. She was. Yeah, I forgot where I saw this leak or, or how credible it was. I think it was, I... I think it was an Instagram post that Evangeline put, Evangeline Lily put out. Mm-hmm. Okay, something I because I believe this her son but... was gonna be played by her actual kid too, because oh, she she's a mom neat. in her life. I think her son was gonna be played by her actual kid. Yeah, uh, that would have been I think too much. Like that dynamic of mm. balancing. Yeah, because it was a a part of the when they went down to the the multiverse core and they were seeing all the different versions of themselves. Um, there was yeah, I that going to be a version scene. that was so awesome. Um, but there was going to be a version that Hope saw where she was a mother and had a kid. Or pregnant. And, yeah, yeah. Something something like that. Um, other yeah, I... highlight of the movie, I think Jonathan Majors is awesome. I am a huge oh. Jonathan Majors fan. His acting has a subtlety to it that I love. Um, and he... He understands the assignment every time. Yeah. And I, I'm excited to see him play all these different characters. It's going to be impressive mm-hmm. to watch if he pulls it off and keeps him consistent and different. Um, but so I far, hope we, he's doing pretty good. Yeah, I hope we see this version of Kang that we saw in Quantumania again. Because mm. just he was so menacing. He was that slightly unstable that you love to see. Slightly? Um, <laughs> slightly unstable. I'm going to burn everyone out of time because it's the right thing to do. Slightly yeah, unstable? Majorly unstable, but very... Jonathan majorly unstable, yeah. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> um, but still, at the same time, composed. And like that that scene where um, Scott and Cassie are in the, the little jail cells and he just walks up and he's talking to them and he just is like i'm gonna kill her in front of you and flings modok to the wall and just all of that that's the Literally stuff with just i the was flick of his fingers i was freaking out about that i was like yes this is what i want Mm-hmm. yeah because because in my opinion thanos was a tremendous arc villain for the first two phases you got the infinity stones you brought Thanos life you brought the gravity of this guy but this guy no, in his free time was wiping out half of populations of planets because he thought that was the right thing to do. Kang's yeah. whole purpose is to wipe out the multiverse. You know, th- this guy is on a level, and the fact that, like, Thanos had needed all six stones, and, you know, he needed to really be brutal and physical to, to, to establish himself, whereas Kang, literally just the movement of his first two fingers. No 
giant gripping of his fist and pulling stuff or, you know, he didn't even get super physical until the very end. And that was because he was just so angry and mad and was losing control that he eventually reverts to the, like this more physical version. But like you said, it was terrifying to see him just like, like, like I said, it was almost very Darth Vader like where he has 100%. this insanely scary presence and has to do very little physically to establish how terrifying it is. Yeah, and I think you're talking about Thanos and a, a lot of a lot of the reason people love Thanos as a villain, not only does he tie into a lot of, you know, what the phases were setting up, but uh -huh. his his purpose and his mission, you can think about it and go, he might be right, you know, <laughs> like Couldn't you just he double might, the resources though? Like Exactly, <laughs> like he might he might be on to something. And I, I want to make sure they nail that home with Kang, not just like the multiverse is going to explode because that's that's a less relatable, less, you know, harder to, harder to care about that. I want to see what happens when a Kang wipes out a multiverse and one of the other Kangs or the other people go, oh, my God, we have to stop him. Like, this is what we have to get behind. Um. And for the Kang, yeah, they're, they're... The, the he who remains type to be like, this has to end, you know, but yeah. then the way, the way to do that, is it, is it, you know, find some sort of peace or is it have so much destruction that there's nothing left to destroy? That's going to yeah, be an interesting to me, dynamic. To, to me, that's the huge difference between he who remains Kang the Conqueror is that they both had, like I said, that same end goal, but one wanted to try to preserve as much life. And the other one was just, I'm going to just wipe out all the life that's needed to be wiped out. And even then some. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that he needs to have, or at least the Council of Kangs, need to have this purpose beyond just ruling the multiverse. Um, especially since in the after scene, um, I want to say it's the Immortus one says... We, you know, they're starting to touch the multiverse and they could tear down everything we've built. What does that mean? What have you built? Because as far as I knew, you guys didn't exist until he who remains took a knife to the heart. So what does that all mean? What have you built? What are you trying? I mean, I, I think, you know, because he has to have a, a purpose beyond self-preservation. Um, and clearly with the council, like, what is it, a rule of the multiverse? Is it believing that they're the only ones that can decide the fate of timelines, what gets to exist, what doesn't? Because um, he who remains, you know, the idea that he was using the TVA to wipe out timelines before they could spiral out of control um, to preserve this one thing. Yeah, it seemed kind of evil, but like when he explains why he's doing what he's doing it makes sense like you said like it, it, it's the fact that you could take this villain's reasoning and actually see the logic in it. um and i think from what he remains you could see the logic in what he was doing um because he understood that it was either this way or total cosmic calamity yeah and i think we could see maybe <laughs> in their mind the, the solution to all this multiversal destruction is a, a battle world situation where they go, all right, let's just make one world, you know, 
don't have to deal with the multiverse and every single universe is occurring at the same time yeah there's parts there's parts from everything but this way there's no destruction and then the people going but this isn't our world this isn't you know this is this is anyone you know because yeah because that's secret wars is the comics is battle worlds created and instead of the universe is trying to work together to unstick the universe and get everything back to normal they were willing to save their own universe at the cost of the other and they didn't yeah. care um, and, and to me that could be something that factors in is could secret wars be seeing every of every actor from Tom Holland to, to to Anthony Mackie to Brie Larson to Benedict Cumberbatch to Mark Ruffalo to Simu Liu to the Guardians to the Eternals to, to, to fucking everybody could be playing two or more versions of themselves. Yeah, I want that. I'd like to see that. Um, and it would be interesting to see them maybe play versions of the characters that took different paths. Um, like maybe a Peter Parker that went and killed goblin in no way home or something or what, what would it what if what would happen to peter if he took that step and killed someone um and owned that or something or if sam wilson's captain america went the u.s agent route or you know th- there's so much you could do yeah. um but with secret wars, it's also because i guess if we're gonna talk about secret wars there's a key player in all of that that we need to discuss and that's dr doom um, because he is a massive part of the Secret Wars storyline. Um, and in the, in the comics, he's the one that defeats Kang in Secret Wars. He's the one that rises up and actually kicks Kang's ass. Sure, does he try to control Battle World and rule it as his own? Sure, but he beat Kang's ass. And he's not in the MCU. There's not a reference. There's nothing about Victor Von Doom or even the Fantastic Four. And I guess my question to you is... Do you think we're going to see Doom come into play before Secret Wars, during Secret Wars, or will he maybe in the MCU and not be involved at all? I I don't think we're going to get him before or during Secret Wars. I mean, I am so excited for Doctor Doom, and I want them to do him justice um, mm. as maybe the next big bad after after Galactus. Or, or Galactus. It's going to be one of the two. Um, or maybe just, I don't know, mutants. Once mutants get thrown into the mix, that's going to be a whole other thing. But I don't think we're going to get him beforehand. That role of, of Doctor Doom in the most recent Secret Wars is probably just going to be some sort of Kang. Um, or the, the three kind of central Kangs or some some version of that. And I really want to see in, in Secret Wars, like, in the same way that there were characters in Endgame that had to, they knew what happened and just had to live with this this world they were in, and it seemed like there was they nothing they the could failure. do. Yeah, all of that stuff is super interesting, and the same thing with, with a show like WandaVision where the characters started to figure out that this isn't real, like this isn't and that this they shouldn't exist. Real, a few of them. Yeah, I want to feel that in Secret Wars and and see that happen, because um, in the in the most recent Secret Wars event in the comics, there were a group of, I think heroes and villains who were kind of protected, while while Battle World was formed and then arrived in Battle World and went, what the heck is this? Like mm. this is not our 
our universe. We have to fix this. And to see yeah. the, that group and then the people that are complacent, maybe the people that are have been in it but just realize that something is not right that's going to be super cool to see i hope i hope we get that but yeah because i i do think i do think hang dynasty needs to end with the creation of battle world or some equivalent um because i also think um that it could be used to set up x-men because to me the biggest thing right now to be his question is how are they going to introduce mutants because it would be so dumb to just be like, oh, they were always there. We just never talked about it or addressed it and they never did anything. That's dumb. But what could happen is maybe in Secret Wars, Battle World, is that they get fused with a universe that has mutants, even though we've established that there are a couple mutants in MCU right now with Miss Marvel and Namor. Yeah. Um, but I could also see Secret Wars potentially having them fuse the, their universe with a universe that has mutants and now in this rebuilt universe they've made there are now there's now a significant mutant population i don't know if that's the way they're going to go um i think there's a billion ways because like, like i said miss marvel and namor both being confirmed as mutants does make me wonder how could it be the rest how are we going to get professor x wolverine magneto rogue uh mm-hmm. you know things like forge and colossus and nightcrawler and angel and iceman and all these people um to me is like how do they do that how what what needs to happen to establish that because um like i said you can't it would be so dumb to just be like yeah they're there the whole time i mean deadpool could even be used to possibly introduce mutants and x-men i don't know i mean for all we know because i saw this theory is that there's there's a theory or a rumor that Deadpool is going to trot around the multiverse so much in Deadpool 3 that he's accidentally going to cause like a severe incursion or something because mm. he is because Deadpool is an anti-hero sure he, he's a he's a he's a guy who does really bad things for the right reasons but he's insanely careless and I think throwing a character that arrogant and careless into the multiversal setting could really see some damage done because uh yeah because because he because he's wade wilson and that's the kind of shit he does or it could be that him finally who who knows you know that that's the huge thing is we don't really know because with this multiverse thing anything can happen kang could show up at any point any time who knows i would like to see sorry um jonathan majors play some versions of kang as a central villain of a film again before kang dynasty because i think it would be weird if by kang dynasty only ant-man and loki have had an interaction with him i think there definitely needs to be more people who encounter some variant so by the time kang dynasty happens and all these kang has come for the avengers they understand the severity um, yeah, we haven't but, uh, met our MCU's, our main timeline that we've been following. We haven't met our Kang yet. And who knows that, if it's going to be uh, in the Marvels yeah. or if it's going to be in the Shang-Chi sequel or when exactly we're going to meet or our guy. Or maybe who knows? Yeah, yeah we don't we, know if we're we going to meet our guy and which kind of Kang is he going to be. Is it going to be 
an inventor um is he you know is he gonna be like you know because because he said not every version of him of him is interested in multiversal domination you know some of them are just inventors some of them are just egotistical and vain kind of like tony stark is um comically kang prime is a descendant of reed richards so could we see something of him form infant maybe our version of kang show up in fantastic four and be the kang from the future that comes back and is like hey grand great granddad or something I, I we don't know um but i do think you're right we need to see our universe the mcu's version of kang because whoo yeah um because uh quantum mania had kind of stated that the quantum realm exists as a separate universe beneath our universe so technically yeah the quantum realm universe had its kang but our universe hasn't had its kang but it depends on how you deal with it but i do think that more characters need to interact with kang um before kang dynasty and he needs to play a big part in movies like quantum mania uh before kang dynasty and Secret wars yeah and uh, you're talking about mutants, how we're going to get mutants. Again, they could do so many things with that. We we do have those confirmed, at least two that we know of right now. Um, I think a, a theory I saw was that the when people were brought back from the blip, that amount of energy kind of awakened those, those genes in people. Um, like those those dormant mutant genes yeah we'll see if that's if that's what they're rolling with it they could honestly just say they've been here the whole time uh, <laughs> i just they could that. do that i just i just think that's incredibly lazy right yeah in my opinion well um but who knows uh i like that theory but then it's just a question of well w- what took so long for this half the population to start committing powers or having anything in the news or whatever you know because i like that theory but then it's that question of what would they do in all this yeah my my favorite comic event besides uh spider-verse is avengers versus x-men and if we got an avengers versus x-men film like accurate to the comics I would I would lose my mind. Do I think it's gonna happen? No way. Ever. <laughs> but a boy can dream. A boy yeah. I, I would like to see that because a big part of the mutant thing in Marvel that I think they really they, they obviously touched upon pretty well in Fox's X Men run, um, especially in films like Days of Future Past is not whew, Sorry, I don't know where these yawns are coming from. Uh, mm-hmm. Not everyone is accepting them. Um, a lot of people view them as subhuman. Some people believe not even human. They don't want to get rights. They don't want to. They don't want to respect them. There's there is this massive prejudice that forms either out of fear, out of hate, out of envy, and that's where characters like Magneto really get their power from. Is that he becomes kind of this authoritarian leader of mutants who go well instead of just living under this prejudice we're going to fight back and then they like charles xavier which is we need to learn to ha- we need to help them understand that we are equal that we are human and that these powers are not 
defining of us they're just part of who we are but i think that could also really come in and you know um because like in falcon winter soldier there's a lot of touching on people coming back from the blip and not really being treated very well or fairly um because people moved into their house or you know that they're home there's a whole bunch of things in there that that are treated with like people who came back from the blip and the world was different there are people who believe that people when people were gone during the blip the world was a better place yada 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 thanos was right and shit um but i i think with mutants we could see an avenger versus x-men kind of thing because the avengers could get the wrong idea and do think the x-men are like some sort of mutant task force that are whatever i don't know I guess we will just have to see what happens after phase six. I think that's yeah, a, that's a good ending point. Are there any uh, closing thoughts we want to say? I think we had a really great picture of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp talking about all the little things in that, as well as a, an amazing look mm-hmm. forward at phase five and six, talking about the Thunderbolts, talking about all the Kang Dynasty stuff. Um, yeah, any, yeah, any closing yeah. thoughts? No, I, I think that I think my only thought is that I, I think that, like we said, I think Ant-Man is something that is going to, this, the legacy of this film is going to be seen down the road. Um, because people have to understand that post-Endgame, we're starting over. We're not, it's not a continuation, it's it's a new beginning. Or, you know, Phase 4 is Phase 1, 2.0. So they're introducing new things. Now we're on to Phase 5. Now we're going to start building up our, our arc again. So... Yeah, I, I think going forward, a lot of this stuff and the impacts of it are going to be seen. And I think people need to learn to be a little patient waiting for that. I agree 100%. Yeah, um, so I, I think your right hand is a good ending point, And I think that, uh, this this is really good. I, I think we touched everything we want we wanted to go. And, um, you know, to the listener, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, uh, please catch us next time. Uh, when we'll most likely be talking about the DC side of things and we'll get into uh, things like James Gunn's plans and things like The Flash and all the nitty-gritty bits surrounding all of that. Shazam 2's coming out soon. We'll see how yep, that goes. Yep, Shazam's coming out in about a month, so we'll see how that goes um, and how that ties into the future of DC and the Gunverse that is going to start soon. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna get the Ant Man book. It's a real book, and I coming I might in get September. It, so we might yeah, be able to talk about that. Yeah, as that well. would be a really fun. Yeah, that would be a really fun thing to look into and see what they throw in there, um, and what that's gonna we'll do. A little book yeah, we'll, we'll do. We'll do a book review. We'll do a book review <laughs> of that. Uh, but Sounds otherwise, well, yeah. Um, you got anything else you want to close on? Now, just thank you everyone for listening to first episode of Film Real. Uh, I've been Caden O'Neill. I'm Andrew Bush, and this was Film Reel. We'll catch you next time. See ya.